welcome to another season of Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Vichelle, and this season I sit down with phenomenal men and discuss their vulnerabilities, their wellness practices, and their take on spirituality. These men are just like you. They've battled mental health issues, child sex abuse, and homelessness, but yet somehow have found the inner strength to unpack their stories and share them here with us on Vulnerable Podcast. So find a comfy chair, don't be afraid to get into your feelings and take notes. These men are game changers. I am really nervous today. Oh, why? I don't know. I don't think it's you. Okay, good. I think it's more of a case of I haven't, like, when was the last time I recorded the episode? I think it was like, yeah. <laughs> I was going to tell you to take that off and I almost forgot. Yeah. Um, it was, the last time I recorded an episode was probably early September. I don't know. I like doing them often. Okay. So like when you kind of it's like not being in the gym kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, throw, I still do this. Yeah, it throws you off. So nervous, but I'm okay now. Um, I'm so excited to interview you today. I've like been a fan of mostly lit. Oh, thank you. And whatever else, and I suppose I should probably introduce this like officially so people know what's going on. Okay, so hello, I am Elisa Michelle, and this is another episode of Vulnerable Podcast. Today I am here with Alex Reed. Yes, Alex Reed. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. No, like super, super, super happy to have you here. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, I've been a fan. I've listened to mostly it, and was really excited when I saw that you um, were releasing your own episode, your own podcast. Yeah. What matters. Yep. Um, so yeah, just for like the listeners, can you tell them a little bit about who you are if they've not listened to mostly or your own podcast, and kind of just like yeah, like what you're about, like what is your judge? What is my judge? <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So my name's Alex Reeds, and um, just to break it down, I'm a writer, which means I write nonfiction fiction pieces. I'm a journalist, so therefore I write articles, work yeah. for a paper, and I'm a podcaster. Um, as you've kind of said before, mm-hmm. earlier, I've Worked with Mostly Lit, worked on Mostly Lit for three, going on four years now, and I've just which recently. Is long yeah, in which the is long. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> in the podcasting. Like, it's at the point that when it started, it was like when we started, it was like us, and then there was um, three shots of tequila mm-hmm. and the receipts, and everybody was starting to like like come out with ideas and start yeah. to put the podcasts out there. Um, and then recently, I've launched my own podcast called What Matters with Alex Reeds, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially just a series of conversations with soul seekers like myself mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs and fitness gurus and everybody mm-hmm. that's just wants, I really just want to delve deep and figure out what matters to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a whole journey that's mm-hmm. come through to get to that point. But, um, which we're going to get into. Which you're going to get into. <laughs> um, but yeah, the most lit was uh, about it's three of us, myself, uh, my friend Ray and Derek, and we talk about books and pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we do dabble in a bit of wellness mm-hmm. via me. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just we, we just cut it up each week. Just We pick a book, we talk about the book, we kind of do dissect it. Do you guys read it. a book a week? Yeah, so... I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that is literally like, take my hat off on my head. Yeah. Um, Round we, of applause. Yeah, week. I mean, like, we do. We, we pick the book, say, on a Saturday. And um, after we've recorded the, the episode mm-hmm. that we've just done, before that goes out on the Monday... And probably have the weekend to decide on the book that we mm-hmm. want to do for the rest of the week. Um, the books aren't necessarily that long, mm-hmm. so it gives us a few days or a few or a week to read the book, mm-hmm. and then we come back on the Saturday. And we've like for the most part, it's read, mm-hmm. <laughs> or we, we searched around it as well just to add extra knowledge on it. And um, yeah, 
and that's what we do each week. And that's we have so we commitment. pick a film as well, and we pick a film and watch that and dissect it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So anyone that's interested in literature, essentially, like that is your yeah. Podcast. If you didn't know, now you do. Definitely, definitely. Um, so go and check that out, and also check out Alex's podcast, What Matters Too. Yeah. So yeah. So the reasons. Let's get into the reasons, I suppose, why I wanted to have a chat with you today. Like I follow you on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I'm like very, very. I like how you kind of like cultivate conversation around personal development unashamedly. Okay. Um, and I'm like this person isn't afraid to promote I think sometimes self-development for some people can be quite cheesy yeah do you know what I mean it's like yeah. like I've read like self-help books in public before and people have literally just given me a look like oh yeah. she's one of them but like, do you know what I mean and um, it's just like hmm so I, like that that sticks out to me that that's not who you are um via social media and I'm just kind of like I'm very very interested in kind of the steps you took to kind of wanting to live a more wholehearted life and then wanting everybody else to do so around yeah. you. So kind of like, yeah, so where what, like, yeah, where does that come from? Where like? does that come from? Um, I'll preface this with saying that I, I don't know what it was, but I, when I first started reading self-help, I wasn't huge, I felt ashamed to read self-help books. I mean, just as a black man mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, you know, it becomes this kind of stigma that you, you know, a lot of black men or their readers, the Forty Eight Laws of Power, and um, I didn't you know all of those tip, all those kind of books. Yeah. Um, Napoleon Hills, I think, can grow rich. All those rich dad, yeah. poor dads, those yeah. kind of books. But for me, it was more of a way. I mean, I, I did read those books. I read fiction as well. I read mm-hmm. other non-fictions, um, and I just loved reading like people's stories, mm-hmm. like um, how they got how they got to the space where they are or mm-hmm. how they've kind of taken themselves from a position, from an experience and decide, and developed along the way and had mm-hmm. those conversations, those, you know, those impassioned soul conversations um, along the way. And I just felt that it was, it was an, it's an important thing, I do think, mm-hmm. like, you know, because we get so caught up with being stuck in our minds mm-hmm. all of the time. And we're, and I, you know, uh, I have anxiety. I get, I get really anxious. I get really stressed mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And I found myself was, I was always up here mm-hmm. and I wasn't here. Yeah, living know? in your head and not in your heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's kind of what made me think, you know what, let me start reading like authors like Brene Brown. And I love Brene Brown. Um, and, you know, listen, and I read, I think, I read Oprah's What I Know For Sure. Right. Um, she's got an amazing story in there. Mm. Um, we did have, a, we did have a running joke on the, on Mostly Lit about The Alchemist and mm. about how it's not the best and all this I stuff. think I heard that bit. I, I, I think I heard that episode. I love The Alchemist. Yeah, I'm one um, of those people that I think, actually like the I book. Think, I think we kind of, like, we, we ran with the joke, but, um, like, I... I enjoyed The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed The Alchemist when I read it. And um, I read it twice. And I think that, because I read it twice, and I tried to try to look at it from a critical literary reader's perspective, mm-hmm. and it just didn't align, it didn't work. But when you read it as just somebody who's going through a journey trying to find the treasure at yeah. the end of their life, and mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's an amazing tale. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing tale. But um, but yeah, I just decided that I wanted to, to share that. Mm-hmm. And um, I did... I did I've always thought about how to kind of share these things online in the most authentic way possible. Because mm-hmm. as you say, I don't want it, I didn't really want to be that person that was like, you know, rise and grind and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Some days, 
you just feel crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just share that. If I feel rubbish, I will say that I feel rubbish about this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel hella vulnerable. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, it's I'm not here to present a clean cut version of myself. Yeah. I'm here to present just who I am. Mm-hmm. So saying that kind of where did you you said you mentioned that you you know you have anxiety and mm. that's something that you've that you've had for a while in museum in. Yeah. Um like when did that first start to showcase itself in a way that kind of affected your day-to-day life? Right. So I think it's when I had my first panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um I'd always been a very anxious child. Like I'd always been like oh what's what's everybody going to think? What's you know like I would be set on edge. Mm-hmm. Um very empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very sensitive to people's emotion, just the way that it, it, like it sets off my vibration. I just go a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I had my first panic attack when I was at work. Um, so it was as an adult? As an adult, yeah. Um, when I was at work and I was in a space I didn't really want to be in mm-hmm. and it just wasn't the... Um, the, the office environment. It wasn't the, the office. The it wasn't the job I wanted to be in. Right. It wasn't the best office environment. I felt constantly stressed, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's when I had like a, a physiolog- physiological reaction to anxiety and mm-hmm. panic attack mm-hmm. happened, um, and that's when it start. That's when I started to realize like, oh, this is actually a thing. Like my whole body like shuts down. Immune system goes crazy. Mm-hmm. I start to. So that happened at work, like on a, work. on a work day. That happened on a work how day. Did, how did everyone around you react? How did so, you react to everyone around you <laughs> reacting? Like, I mean, in the place in the, in the place that I was working, um, very few people work on a Sunday. Right. So, I was pretty much out by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there was two or three of us, but everybody was kind of like focusing on the job that they were doing. Yeah. I was. Um, a lot was happening on the inside mm-hmm. and I just thought you know what I'm going crazy on the inside well, probably on the outside I probably look cool mm-hmm. but a lot of was going on and I was just started to then I started to start tapping wow. and I started to get a bit like oh my god what's going that, on it was like involuntary like, yeah just like, yeah it just started happening started tapping in the table and then um I you know started getting short of breath mm-hmm. and so I just took myself up on the table and I went downstairs and I said I I tried to be away from everybody Mm -hmm. I sat down and I started like having really shallow breaths and I was just like Mm -hmm. and then um I messaged my but it was at the before I went down I messaged my friend and I was like I think I'm about to have a panic attack Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do and he's like get out of that space get out of the environment take yourself out yeah yeah and then he and then he called yeah and then I was on the phone like breathing Mm -hmm. I couldn't get any of the words out and he just tried to calm me down over the Mm -hmm. phone and then I like, and then yeah, then we talked about it, mm-hmm. and we had the conversation. And I'm like ever indebted to him mm-hmm. because he was the first person that was just there, that like, mm-hmm. was there for me, and he's always kind of been there. It's so as powerful. busy as he is, I feel but... like I rarely hear men talk of other men that show up for them in that type of capacity. Yeah, um, so it's like a very like powerful share mm. just to kind of hear that, but. Um, so I'm interested to know, like, after you had that panic attack and you were able to kind of, like, align it with your work environment and the stress that was taking place, was that, did you make that an immediate decision to get out? Or no. Was it, was it like, so, just to continue battling, yeah. that type of thing? What came next was the fear. Was like, oh my God, like, does this mean I'm going crazy? Right. Does this mean I'm not well? 
what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, I did have a second one. Not there. And that day, I think it was a few months later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think work moved me up to Glasgow for um, to work there mm-hmm. for a while. And I didn't want to go. And But I felt like I didn't have a choice. And in the matter, mm-hmm. that made me really anxious again. Um, yeah, so I think it happened a few times. And then I'm the kind of person... When I look back on it now, like I was like, why didn't I just not learn? What was what was I? What was I? What was I trying to be told about certain situations? And I think that when people are in these kind of environments and they're in a job they don't like, a relationship they hate, and all this stuff, um, this it's more of the fear of going. And the more of the fear of trying to take take yourself away from it because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, out there. you're, you're already anxious. And you're stepping into yeah. unknown. It's like it's, it's just more it's, 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 wor- it's the, the worst kind of thing. But I also feel like to add to that, I also mm-hmm. feel like the another layer is um, the fact that what's happening to you is a new experience. Yeah. So you're still trying to work out like what just happened to me. Like understand that on like a cognitive level, mm-hmm. and then work out what you do next, and like understand the risks of that and then it's just too much yeah there's like a lot going on yeah yeah so then it was like okay so i should leave this working environment i should yeah. leave the space oh do you have money to leave yeah well you what are you going to do what if you don't have work you've got things to pay for yeah. what how could you how will you survive all mm-hmm. these things i mean i did i did have friends telling me you know it will come it mm-hmm. would like if you need to get out just get out of that space and i did and i did spend a lot of time um, telling my friends the exact same story over mm-hmm. and over again, and that's when it. Bit, that's when I started to retreat into myself a bit because I was like, I don't want to keep telling you the same story. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do about the situation? And then, I mean, it's a whole thing. Do you think like, you became reflective as a result of this thing that you were going through, or have you always been a reflective person? Mm, I mean, I've always been kind of. I've been an introspective, and mm-hmm. I do learn. I do learn. I like to learn about myself mm-hmm. and the kind of things that I do. Um, uh, but I do like to look at things that I've gone through and just think, you know what? Is this a lesson that I should have learned? I don't want to have to go through that again. So what can I yeah. do in order for me to and, not do and, that again? And this is such a powerful thing. So I feel like this is where we, me and you align. Like, yeah. I don't need to experience something to learn from it. Mm-hmm. I'm very much so a person that's just like, like I, I always look for the lesson so I'm not able to make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. Or if it's in someone else, I'm just like, well, that's something that I don't want to do. So let me kind of just like maneuver around that. But I think a lot of, I think, I don't know if that's common. Mm. I don't know if it's a common thing for people to um, to understand the lessons when they're in the story, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, a lot don't. Yeah. A lot don't. There are a lot of people who um, will react heavily and mm-hmm. quite negatively to certain situations mm-hmm. um, and that, that we do but then I'm a big I am big on accountability and I'm big on I do I do hold myself to a certain standard you hold yourself to a certain standard do you hold yourself accountable do you have an accountability partner so I I do hold myself accountable to things so if I do look at something and I've made a, if I feel like I've made a mistake mm-hmm. or I will sit down and I'll be like what did I do here was this me how far how much of it was me mm-hmm. and what can i do for that do i how can much can i accept of myself doing this mm-hmm. what not what reasons did i have what were the intentions was it a malicious intention mm-hmm. was it a good a good intention behind it because a lot of like some bad things do happen because you've got good intentions behind mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. but you have to you know realign 
where that comes from. Um, and but then I've, I have had accountability partners on on certain things. Mm. So whether it would be fitness or whether it would be writing or whether it would be um, in your careers mm-hmm. or whatnot, they're good mm-hmm. because it's always good to have somebody to sit there and say, well, did you, what did you do this week? Yeah. How did you do this week? Yeah. Did you do, did you do what you said you were set out to do? Mm-hmm. And, and that's something, that's the best way for me to learn because it, I like having the review. Mm-hmm at the end mm-hmm. you know I, I really like part of the job process I liked the appraisal bit yeah it was like I remember my first appraisal when I was working part time it was so funny because it was like I sat down and it was like oh okay so you've reached your targets and this, I'm just like yeah so I want to try and do this next. you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it gives me that kind of soundboard to kind of have those ideas of, and that's kind of what I've taken with me in your yeah. own personal in my own personal way personal development so I like I will sit down and be like Alex so have you written enough this week do you mm-hmm what do you want to write if you want to write how we like mm-hmm. you know what we're we gonna how are we going to get to this this, this place you want to be in mm-hmm. or whatever that is or fitness wise have you been anywhere mm-hmm. have you been have you have you've had the intention but have you taken action on it mm-hmm. what's what's going on from there that's that's your own self mm-hmm. i try to ask people to do to do such for me mm-hmm. i know how i receive feedback and accountability mm-hmm. so i will say i'll kind of outline what i'm looking for mm-hmm. in an, an accountability partner yeah you're very what's the word like um you know when people can direct their learning yeah <laughs> you're just like yeah. this is what because, i need from you, yeah, you, you need to, you, which is amazing yeah because you know how you learn best and mm-hmm. when you just roll up with roll up in this thing with honesty it just makes it so much easier how yeah how has that <sighs> been i don't have this question written down now, but how is it how has your honesty and your transparency and your vulnerability been um, received? Like, how have people let you know that how they've received? How they've received my honesty and vulnerability? Yeah. yeah. Mixed. Mm-hmm. One way is silence. Mm. A lot of people don't. don't and Brené mentions that in her book, doesn't yeah. she? In, um, which one I mentioned it? I, I'm, I can't I'm remember reading, which I'm one. reading Daring Greatly. Are you? No, yeah. the one that I just read is, um, oh man, I'll get, I'll remember it. Okay. But she, she, she breaks down five types of friends. And so when you tell people something about you, that's not necessarily positive. You get five types of reactions mm. based on the person. And one of them is silence. And then, yeah. then there's like, that's where then shame is then like yeah. multiplied in that silent space. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. not yeah. the best. So... Yeah. So if you're speaking about specifically friends okay. and what I and what I what I deem as one anyway, yeah. um, I think that a lot of my friends like the idea, like me being kind of vulnerable, mm-hmm. and the what the friends I have anyway, the friends I keep, they like they like the vulnerability, and we like that in turn, especially the male friends I have, because I we, almost feel like you model it for them. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Possibly, mm. because um, I think that we learn off each other, mm-hmm. sort of thing, and that vulnerability it helps us to kind of get to the root of certain things, and it just helps. It kind of does create the safe space. Mm-hmm. There are some friends who don't like the vulnerability, mm-hmm. and they don't like the word vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So I remember met- I remember saying this once to one of my close friends, and I was like men do need to learn how to be a bit more vulnerable. Even just people need to learn how to be more vulnerable with one another in order for there to be progress in some sort of uh, relationship. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our relationships nowadays are really transactional. And 
I don't like. I don't like that. I, mm-hmm. I don't like that idea. I, I mean, I I hate I think, it. I think that it. You know, I like. I do see how people receive information, mm-hmm. and I try to interpret my language to help them receive what I'm trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just when that's not given fed back, mm-hmm. it kind of like when I receive information in a particular way, and you've not given it given that back to me. That's when we have. That's when there's a problem because mm-hmm. the communication becomes really stifled. But there are some people who see the vulnerability side um, just really, you know, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. They don't like it because it exposes a certain element in them that they don't, that they haven't really challenged or yeah. been able to kind of challenge. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's difficult. So it's mixed, but it doesn't take away from you being firm in that this is how you want to present yourself and live your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have. I have some statistics. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, I know. I don't really do this often. And I was thinking about it. And I was just like, Michelle, like... Come through with, with the uh, steps. <laughs> I have a lot. Most of the episodes that I record are just pure conversations about feeling. Um, and I just thought it'd be interesting. But you knew what you had the journalist on. So I you had, thought, let me, let me come with the stats. <laughs> so because I don't want to come and drag me on uh, the internet. On, on, on private accounts. So I, see yeah. you. I was like, let me get it together, Michelle. Let's, like, let's level up a little bit. Oh, I see you. Um, and this one is in particular towards um, like men and mental health. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it says, at, and now, now, now I'm exposing myself because I haven't written down where I got this from. Oh, so like, but I'll put it in the notes yeah. okay so it says at any one time it is believed that one in five women 19.7% and one in eight men 12.5% are mm-hmm. diagnosed with a common mental illness such as anxiety depression panic disorder or OCD according to the men's health forum 73% of adults who go missing are men which blew my mind I don't know if you already knew that I didn't so just think that out of all the adults that are going missing, 73% are men. And then, like, how many of them have mental health issues? And is that the overwhelming reason as to why they're going missing? And I don't know, like, all of these things started happening yeah. in my mind. Um, yeah, 73% of adults who go missing are men, and 87% of those sleeping rough are men. Looking at the prison system, the forum says men make up 95% of the prison population, with 72% of male prisoners suffering from one or two mental disorders. One from two or more mental disorders. Hmm. I don't know, like, how does that land with you? Like, I don't... I think that that's, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. I think that's horrible. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know what the issue is there, but I do think that it's this whole... It's this, it's this whole... Rel- I would be interested to... Did, did you put age brackets in there? You no, I, there. no, I didn't. No. I'd be interested to see which generation that comes from. Yeah. Because I do think that as a generation, we're very, very much clued into kind of our feelings. I feel, I feel like it's in happening. Feel, in our feeling generation. It's happening, right? Yeah. It's happening, but it's happening slowly. Yeah. And I think um, it's evident that it's happening because people are listening to this podcast. I'm getting people to guess and talk about these yeah. types of things. So it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um probably not at a rate that I would like but who am I to kind of like talk about how things yeah. fast things should be happening yep. or whatever else um, well I was can I just say one I more thing I was just about to say the the yeah I think I think just leading off your point because you literally made the point I was about to make is that potentially why these numbers are so high in men is because they just don't have the language to have the conversations they need to have Most and they're definitely. not ending in ending up in prison ending up sleeping rough ending up going missing yeah. 
Do you know what I you mean? Know, and obviously, there's so many factors. There's the age, there's the race, there's sexuality, yeah. there's yeah. religion. There's all these mm. different factors that kind of incorporate to make, to build up these figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have a conversation with one of my female friends about that. I'm a black woman. And she was just like, you know, women have had the language to yeah. speak about certain things yeah. um, a lot more so mm-hmm. than men. And they they just come to the language a lot earlier. Yeah. Whereas men, you know, they're not, we're not conditioned, we're not even conditioned to listen. Yeah. And you know, we're not conditioned to communicate, we're not conditioned to have that. So when you do get the very few men that can listen and communicate and are quite sensitive mm-hmm. with that, it does it does bode quite interesting to see what their kind of line is, or what kind of, what their, their life looks like. Some Because yeah. there's some men that... Um, you know, they're raised in the typical patriarchal, mm-hmm. um, hyper-masculine space. Which is reinforced by women. Which the women really, in their space. Yeah, well. So yeah. it's not like the men are just yeah, saying, this is yeah, how you yeah. like the women or their mums. Yeah. I, yeah, I recently just um, told my mum that I've started counselling. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I started counselling in May. Mm-hmm. I, told, I told her in October. Right. Wow. And she was like, Why? And I was just like, well, why did I start counselling? I'm just like, you know, there's some things that you just want to be able to speak to somebody who's objective and probably help you deal with the world mm. a lot better. Um, and, you know, you see the... You kind of see the way that you're brought up. You see the conversations you have with your parents. You mm-hmm. see the way your parents interact with one another and yourself. And as as, as I mentioned earlier, like, I, I, I am quite sensitive to how that it happens. Mm-hmm. And I was very much like... Is this right? Does this this doesn't feel right? Sometimes it feels okay. Like and what we kind of normalize within our. You're own, talking about like the dynamic in your, in your family, yeah. yeah. Okay. You kind of, like everybody's dynamics different. Yeah. But what you kind of normalize in your own dynamic yeah. might not be this. Might not be normal, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And there are like you know people do go to, go into family relationships and families with underlying issues mm-hmm. and these kind of do filter down to their kids. It and, definitely does. You know, <laughs> and I've seen the difference between myself and my sister mm-hmm. and you know, where she can have the conversation mm-hmm. about how she feels, mm-hmm. about how she, you know, how, how certain people have said something to her and mm-hmm. she will have that conversation. Whereas it took me a long time to get to this space mm-hmm. to be able to have that conversation. Um, and I always found that really interesting, just observing my family and just kind of the way that that worked out. Because mm-hmm. um, my sister, like, you know, my sister was is is a quite a, is, a, is a very open and free spirited and you know she's like hyper she's emotional like my like my father is mm-hmm. but they're just very in they're presenting emotions in different yeah, ways yeah in different ways and then um and I'm and I was just kind of conditioned to not do so mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I couldn't be mm-hmm. upset Which is very common yeah and I couldn't like, be, I remember, I couldn't like, be sad before... or angry before I when I was like 19 so before mm-hmm. I was like aware of like these types of conversations I remember being at an ex so the, the boyfriend I had when I was like 18 mm-hmm. at his house and he had one of those Caribbean households that's like a community centre okay, where like everyone's coming everyone's in. just there all the time you're just like sitting there trying to watch TV you're like oh hello hello yeah. hello and one of the kids started crying a little boy he started crying and his mum was just like you're a boy you don't cry proper. and I remember just like diverting my attention away from the TV and being like, that doesn't feel right. Mm. I didn't have the language in my own head to work out why it didn't feel right, but I've yeah. never ever forgotten that moment. And I'm always now aware of when little boys are showing emotion, like how I manage that mm-hmm. for them, yeah. if that makes sense. 
Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I could, and I think a lot of, I, I want to say black boys, because that's the experience I mm-hmm. know, but I feel like a lot of black boys have had that experience where um, a, a, a prominent um, female member of their family has said such has shut them down to to their faces I remember I I have no idea why this happened but I remember having some sort of emotional like some kind of not a fit but I just started crying Mm -hmm. ran upstairs you know you're just like one of them kids yeah Um, and then my mum basically was like oh why are you crying da 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 and I said, I don't know why, etc. I probably knew. I, can't, I really can't remember what the mm. situation was. But um, and she was like, oh, your dad's here now. Do you want to, do you want to come up and see you crying? And like that, it's an embarrassing And then that, the that, so there's it. the shame of it. Yeah. And then there's the putting the emotions aside. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, but like it was kind of one of those things I could sense that she was like, I just want him to stop crying. But that so was... therefore I would just make sure that yeah. she would try and control the environment in that way rather yeah. than rather than just take the time to figure out what the situation was or mm-hmm. just let it kind of happen, let the process happen. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and that's one thing that's really, like, stuck with me for, like, mm-hmm. a long time. And this is why we end... And this is why I feel like, it, like it's so good to have counselling and to have therapy because your parents aren't going to remember everything that happened yeah. as you grow older because they've got so much, so many other issues. I mean, and, and adulthood is long. Clearly. I'm so tired already. <laughs> and I just I feel like, so imagine you're working, you've got four kids, you've got a partner husband, wife, you've got a mortgage, you got you ain't got time. Yeah, you actually yeah. haven't got the time. And but the, I feel and, like you have to make it, but I feel like you haven't, you know, there's things you're gonna forget. Yeah. And the t- they haven't got the time mm-hmm. but they also were raised in a different time where yep. these types of things I mean I am convinced that our generation will parent completely differently. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's gonna be no, loads of like willows and jadens out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. about twenty five years. Honestly. That are just gonna be like this next level like young black kids that are yeah. just gonna be like I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be very sick. I cannot wait. <laughs> it's gonna be very um, sick. I literally was watching Red Table Talk yesterday. Yeah. I watched I... the episode yesterday. And I, there's a lot to talk about, but yeah. the only point I want to make is that I loved it. at the very, very end, when um, is this the same episode? I think it's this, no, actually, it's no. I watched one. I watched you, the YouTube of Will Smith recording the episode. You know how he has his own YouTube channel? Okay. Will Smith <laughs> has his own YouTube channel where he vlogs. Okay, yeah, yeah. He yeah. vlogs the experience, and so there was like a little bit of information that he had afterwards. Yes. And him and Willow are going back and forth about the word of the day, and she's like she's so confident in her body and in her like voice and in her mind and it's the way how Will and Jada have raised her and the thought I had was if I was raised differently I could have been that confident at that age yeah. like I had how the old capacity. is Willow again she's like 17? 16 17 yeah and I when I and when I watched that Red Table talk I was like Willow is so self-assured she's so amazing and I was just like you are like and I was like, you're amazing. I was like, mm-hmm. I was really like taken back just mm-hmm. well, by she who was she just is. Like, she was like, daddy's sad because this isn't the family that he has in his mind or whatever she said. And I was just like, the family he has in his mind doesn't <laughs> match the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, how profound. I died because I was <laughs> like to myself, profound. like, how are you so bright? Like, not how are you so bright, but you're able mm-hmm. to say that. A lot of, people, a lot of children cannot right. even fathom okay. saying something like that to their parents. Because of 
the repercussions yep. of saying something like the reactions, that. The reactions, the sensitivity, all <laughs> sorts. Yeah. So yeah, like I do feel like that's going to happen. But you have led me nicely into my next question oh. that I actually had prepared for you, <laughs> which was how has therapy been for, for how has therapy been for you, Ooh, and what has been your biggest lesson? So yeah, therapy. Oh god. Um, so what's the first bit? You said how has it been has for it been you? For so you started for the first time in May. In May, yeah. It's like first therapy session ever in life. You've never wow, doubled yeah. before. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've not doubled. <laughs> Honestly, I have not. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this. I it took me. Okay, let me, t- shall me t- I, let's shall talk. I, let's go. On. Can I do this? How was the first session? Because the first session is always interesting. Tough, right? Because I was like, I know who you are. Mm. You don't know who I am. I'm not about to open up my heart on this mm-hmm. particular day right here. Yeah. And it was just really interesting. It was really funny. Um, you build up the relationship with your therapist, especially if you have a good one, if you have one that you can feel like you How can. did you find your therapist? Um, so there's a website called the Black and Asian Which I literally just Therapist right Network. The B-A-A-C-A. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my best friend has been telling me to do it for ages. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. You know, you start to you start to find all the excuses yeah, in yeah. your mind. Yeah. Then I was like, you know what? I'm going through a lot of stuff that I just need to figure out. And um, you know, friends can't help me because friends yeah. won't friends won't push you that far. Family can't help you because they're not guilty their and stuff. Like, it's not their responsibility. Friends don't have to hold that space they, for you. They don't, and they don't, and they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not and fair. And they shouldn't. Yeah, it's not. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not fair good friends like the one like the one like my one said i think you might need to go to therapy yeah. just because it'll be good for you to be able to express yourself in a different way and the whole idea of therapy is how to live how to learn how to live better mm-hmm. and with set with just encounter the world in a different way first session walk in and we have the and you know she's there and then she's asking me all sorts of questions um we trying to figure out um, if you've got a support network around you, all these different things, mm-hmm. um, and we just have a, and literally we just have a conversation, and I just felt, and I, just, I felt awkward. I felt um, hella vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know where to begin, but a good therapist has the obviously they're gonna have patience. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they are getting paid to to do that as well. And um, yeah, like it was a it was an interesting session but i think the progress happens at when you're three four sessions deep mm-hmm. and they start to unpick mm-hmm. the memories and the thoughts that mm-hmm. you've had and that you may lead in with one example mm-hmm. something, something that happened on wednesday yeah and then it but goes back it's to like eight, that... 20 years ago this is what you did i was like yeah. and this is where the, this is where that comes from and yeah um I was like my experience of um I've, so I I'm that person that's dabbled in therapy, which is why I asked you because one toe in the water. I was just like, okay, let me check this out. Right, that's okay. enough. That's enough psychotherapy. <laughs> it's just like yeah, and it's I had psychodynamic, which is like the oh. whole like your whole life stuff. So the 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 last time I was in proper therapy for about five weeks, I had like a five week session at my doctor's surgery. Mm-hmm. Um. I went because I had a skin infection and I have, see, when people talk about anxiety, I I think I need, this is probably something I need to work out in therapy. I have like a natural, like a layer, a low level of anxiety at all times. (laughs) 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 Like like it's always there. But but like you say, you had 
a panic attack. I, I had a whole entire panic right, attack. Right, I have never had one of those. What I have had is, and it, like in moments like having a skin infection and other times it's presented itself, but what I have had is like a chest pain that was so painful I couldn't move and I had to phone an ambulance. I had to go to the hospital, it was a whole situation. Oh, okay. ECG machine, no overshadow, nothing's there. I cannot come and die. Yeah, it's one of the ones. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's going on with me? And then I realised it was anxiety. So, okay. So that is that. So when I had this skin infection, um, basically my whole body just like came over in like like hives essentially and it was really itchy and hot and it was horrible it was in it was in like two years ago in the summer so it was hot in like the weather as well and what made me anxious was that i kept on going to the hospital and they kept on saying that they didn't know what was wrong with me and that was pissing and giving me like you know random medication yeah. oh you've got an infection take this and nothing's happening yeah the um, symptoms and not the cause yeah um and then they worked out what was wrong with me and what was actually wrong with me was i had this thing called um pityriasis rosea which is like an internal have you heard of this no it's like an internal basically your body is attacking itself from the inside and the, what killed me is when the doctor said so you your body just needs to work that out there's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, there's nothing that we can do <laughs> so it's just gonna and I was just your like, doctor you, said oh that's a you problem yeah that's a you problem <laughs> you need to sort that out you need okay. to sort that out and, wow. was, and I was just Trash. like for real like that made me angry it made me anxious a lot was going on and then I just started to like I just started breaking down basically mm-hmm. um, and then I went to the to my therapy session I literally signed up for therapy I think I was in the doctor's trying to get more medication oh no what had happened so I had that infection I was in the doctor's because my foot swelled up at the same time and my foot was massive Lord Jesus your body was like what body happened was like, what the hell is going on and then um, the doctor told me that that was just a separate foot infection like what is a foot infection that was a separate thing <laughs> to what was going on it's not funny but <laughs> It's crazy. And I was sitting in the doctor's and then there was like a a leaflet for therapy. So I signed up because I was just going for that. And I went in to the room and I said, she was like, why are you here today? And I was like, because I have this skin infection and I just cannot cope and it's just too much. And then like, and then she just kind of went into some like history stuff. She was asking me questions about my child. I was like, I've already dealt with that. I'm not here for that. I'm here Mm. for my skin. And then moving like, by the end of the session, I was bawling because of something that happened when I was, like, five. And so, yeah, you're yeah. right. Good therapists are able to kind of, like, guide, like see when you're bullshitting yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. call you out and hold you accountable and kind of allow you to guide your way mm. or support you to guide your way through your trauma there we in go. a safe space, in a safe way. Yeah, my therapist likes to say, oh, we've got some more to unpick there. I'm like, what are we unpicking? I have a very tight, <laughs> tight thread count up here, okay? I'm trying to keep it together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're out here trying to unpick the thread. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I find that really funny. Um, and I think that she's really, yeah, it really helped me to kind of... So I was I was self-aware, but this kind of made me a lot more mm-hmm. aware of, like, you know, how your reaction, how you can manage how you react to things. Because, you know, like... There's somebody, we have this whole thing in our culture about meet you with the same energy and mm-hmm. all this stuff. If somebody comes at you one way, you've got to come at them 10 times more. Yeah. If they go low, you go lower, all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, while on the surface that sounds great mm-hmm. and it's really fun, um, I'll pass because I'm really like, you know what? I can react. I can react angry. I could react, you know, I could put myself out there just to be. I could wild out mm-hmm. <laughs> if I wanted to, but I was thinking, you know what? 
I don't want to have to react in that way. Mm. I don't have to because it's a lot of energy that's expend that is expended on me, and I'm tired most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and you know, like it does become exhausting having mm-hmm. to constantly be that person um, that that just is is trying to. Um, rise to the occasion. rise to everything yeah. everything I must argue with or mm-hmm. you know if like you, you've got to battle and I feel like a lot of people have certain people that they always want to battle with yeah. because they can't be seen to um, what's the word submit to that kind of reaction mm-hmm. for example someone's someone's combative at you mm-hmm. and then you're like one time and then they're combative again like another time you want to be ready for them mm-hmm. that next time but mm-hmm. then my therapist did make me think like where's that person come from? Mm-hmm. For example, if um, if my dad had come in and it was like, and he had had a bad day at work, for example, mm-hmm. and he couldn't, he couldn't let it out at them at work, but he lets it out at, like, you know, at one of us mm-hmm. just by, just by default of something very minor and petty in the house mm-hmm. or something. And then I react to that and then I get myself angry at that situation. So then we're having an argument. Mm-hmm. So then he's transferred his energy onto me. And then, and then where I'm, does that go? And then where does that go? Because it then, has to leave. Exactly. Then I'm pissed off. Yeah. So I go, when I was on Twitter, like properly when I was on Twitter, I'll go on Twitter and I'm doing threads on just such <laughs> and such and such or whatever. Or I just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just becomes the energy you tra- just transfers. And, and then you protecting your own. Right. And like, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. and then the, the, she made me think a lot about that. Like mm-hmm. about how, when someone meets you with a certain amount of energy, where's that coming from? And where are you putting it? Mm. Are you going to accept it? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be like, listen, I'm not even dealing with that, that stuff right now. Yeah. I can't, I need to, I need to protect my peace. Would you say that was one of your biggest, like, takeaways? That take was one of the biggest from, takeaways right. that, I, that I got from it because, so far, I just realized, yeah, so far, mm. excuse me. I just really felt like, yeah, now I am a bit more peaceful. Yeah. Like, I, I'm still hella turbulent <laughs> on it, like at, at times, but you know, I'm a bit more peaceful because mm-hmm. if somebody meets me with a certain an energy, I will respond in the way that I, you know, that I, I've tried to train myself to do so. I'm mm-hmm. still a work in progress, everything's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I have by no means reached a level. Where I'm just like, oh my god! And yeah, I don't think we, I don't, I don't think we ever do. No, yeah. So it's just like, but you know, with the interactions I've had so far, I just try to be a bit more conscious of mm-hmm. how I react to it mm-hmm. and a bit more mindful about where people are coming from. If not in the moment, at least in retrospect, mm-hmm. I sit back and think. Because hmm. both are powerful. Both. What do you think holds most black men away from therapy? And this is this is my generalization. Mm. Let me say most black men, but in my experience, a lot I probably have met. <clears throat> two or three black men in my life that have been to therapy and I know a lot mm. I think at the root of a lot of things a lot at the root of avoidance is fear mm-hmm. um, nobody wants to have to go to a therapist or somebody that's not their family and talk about their problems mm. nobody actually really wants to address their problems not all the time sometimes it's just not in anybody's you know they it's yeah. just this is life this is what I'm supposed to be dealing <laughs> with right now yeah. um, you know I'm going to be angry and that's it and yeah. then that's what they're going to no, do sometimes it's and really that simple yeah people. and like it's really that but yeah. um, there's that and then there's resources so mm. you know a lot of people don't know that you can get th- free therapy for, in the NHS yeah. but then also <clears throat> do you have the, the fina- are you in the financial position to go to a private therapist mm-hmm. 
to to do that? Are you are you can you put the money aside? Can you even spare that amount of money mm-hmm. each month to go and see them at least twice? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go. I went weekly for twelve weeks, and then I've decided to go bi bi weekly. So every so twice a month, okay, just and, to and spread out my costs. People don't know that you can negotiate. You that can type negotiate of thing. that. I mean, yeah. in the first stages, I would advise that you go weekly. Yeah. Just because you want to get used to the process. Yeah. But then once you get used to the process and the and the therapist that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, bi-weekly is fine, oh, as in when you mm-hmm. need it, because you should never be reliant yeah. on your therapist. Yeah. But you should also be, um, just be mindful, like, you know, just know when you need to go, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But when it comes to black men, yeah, I mean, it's just something that we've not seen as a as a culture. I know that if I do have kids, we're going to be talking about therapy. Everyone's, yeah. We're all going to be going through therapy. We're mm-hmm. going to be doing individual sessions. But we're going to be doing family sessions. We're going to be doing that because... I think that if even if we did have all of us had um, an outlet, an outlet or a therapy. If imagine growing up and your parents or grandparents were talking about therapy and how they're talking about their therapist mm-hmm. and how the relationship they had, and mm-hmm. do you imagine? Can you imagine how different our upbringings would be like, and the conversations we could have with our parents? Like, so it, some yeah. there may be some issues that we wouldn't probably be able to resolve, but at least there was a therapist there who mm-hmm. could kind of manage that mm-hmm. in a way. The resources. Mm-hmm. We don't see a lot of people. We don't see a lot of people in our circles going mm-hmm. through that. I think there's a lot more now in our generation, mm-hmm. and especially in our friendship circles. Um, even if we're, even if our peers, like our cousins or siblings or whatever, mm-hmm. we can we and can kind of influence that. I think people are checking into. They're opting into therapy. So I think yeah. before people thought that it was something you were made to do. Because, when you're mad. Yeah, when you're mad. Quote, and quote. now people are like. I'm putting money in my budget for therapy because I want to do it. Yeah. But on your point about your fam- family, you know, doing therapy and your kids and whatever, um, I would I always think that the first stage of that is the conversation at the dinner table. Like, how did you experience your day to day child? Talk to me about that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And have your children get yeah. to like understand. Yeah. And then you model that, and then everyone's having like an open conversation about their their feelings and their yeah. days. And then I think that's kind of like. Yeah. You know what? That's not to say. That's not to say like. We didn't do that. Okay. That's the thing. Like we, I, we had that. We had it's some of this. Intentional. Yeah. Though, right? you, I think as a parent, you've got to be intentional right. about, about the type of conversation you want your, the type of information you want your child to give back to you. Yeah. 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 There's do you know that, what I mean? Yeah, so definitely. people talk. Definitely. I think one of the triggers as well for me was one. I remember, I was sitting at the dinner table with my aunt, my mm-hmm. uncle, and a few of my cousins, and we were literally just talking, and something came up. It was just about like you know, me being hella ambitious and trying to, I was like really amped up about something, about wanting to just escape something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, can't me- I really can't remember what these conversations were. I, just, I, remember, I remember how I felt. I felt really like emotional mm-hmm. and really teary. Um, it was something to do with my writing. I really wanted to just write for a living. I was like, I really just want to do that sort of thing. And then, you know, and then you start to think about some family members who had, who had mm-hmm. said things about, me doing that as a, as a living as a career and all these mm-hmm. things and you had friends and at school and all these thoughts had to come to my head and I became really teary mm-hmm. but it was just very interesting having that conversation with them because they're like because they were very much like yes like what's going on like who where mm-hmm. why when you can do that you can do that mm-hmm. not to say that my parents didn't encourage me in that way but I feel like you know whatever your support system that's the kind for me and each child is different each mm-hmm. child receives things as I said each person receives things differently I just re- I received encouragement mm-hmm. 
in that way and mm-hmm. I just need if I felt 100% encouraged by my family at, at a particular stage then certain things would have would have been different and I wouldn't have had to encourage myself mm-hmm. to do certain things and it's just yeah once you figure out what those triggers were mm-hmm. and you know having this conversation at the dinner table they are so important it doesn't have to be with your immediate family it could be with your extended ones mm-hmm. but you know it, it, if, it, if it if it evokes really strong emotion Mm-hmm. something that you that you can't really share all the time I do think a therapist is someone to see because yeah. they're objective they're confidential mm-hmm. and they just get to the point yeah. of what it is and help you to heal like, and they do help you to heal and healing is something that should be important yeah and my one is actually just so sick she's so amazing I love that I love that. I have a few more questions for you. Good. I found a quote, and I'm really like, I'm throwing this at you. I love this quote, and I found it the other day, and I think that you have an interesting opinion on it. It's, um, there is no greater battle in life than the parts of you... Let me start again. <laughs> what happened to my brain? Do you know what happened? This quote is by Ian Le, Van Zandt, and obviously I love her. So Not on my watch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there is no greater battle in life um, than the battle between the parts of you that want to be healed and the parts of you that remain broken. Should I say it again? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> there are no great about. There is no greater battle in life than the battle between the parts of you that want to be healed and the parts of you that remain content broken. Yep. There was a quote I put on my Instagram story yesterday. It was about stress. Mm-hmm. And it really <laughs> it triggered me the hell out. But I think the first line was like, the reason we are stressed is because we are experiencing two different emotions at the same time yes. about conflicting things. Yes. And I think some, I think that from one of the examples inside it was something like, um, we're in traffic, but we don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Or, That's a good example. Do, do you see what I mean? We're in traffic, but we just went in a hurry to get elsewhere mm-hmm. or something like that and I was just like so that's, that's what kind of reminded me from that quote mm-hmm. but Ayana, Ayana's right yeah Ayana's right I like, feel like she's right most of the time I don't know I, 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 I don't know I don't necessarily <laughs> approve of her methods do you um, not okay so like she's can out. we segue just a tiny tiny bit okay cool right so <laughs> I hear that. That's a common argument that comes up. People are like, why is she shining in their face? Why is she this? Why, like, do, is that what you mean? Like, when she gets really aggressive sometimes yeah. with her healing. Pop my butt, pop, pop, pop my butt. I was like, what <laughs> is going on here? When she called um, Keisha Cole's sister a gutter snipe, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh, that's, that's a lot. But I kind Words of... mean things. <laughs> Shout out to the read. Words yes. mean things. <laughs> Are they, are they like, hate Iyanla? Like, Chris or hate Iyanla? Like, um, I, I kind of have this feeling, kind of, that, like, when you love someone, you get more angry. And Iyanla walked in purpose. So she's like, I have come on my God mission to heal your life. And I'm in the body of that person. And I'm, well, does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm going to, like, yeah. I'm going to, like, do the best I can to help you heal. And then when she gets that kind of wall... From mm-hmm. that person, disrespect, like for example, with Tamar or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She she gets very angry about it, but I think it's because she's so committed to the mission. <laughs> so I, I'm so like, I Auntie, chill. <laughs> Auntie, chill. Because I feel like she'd be cool with me because I wouldn't be like putting up any kind of like vibes. If there. somebody's sitting there calling you a hot damn mess <laughs> and asking oh, what? you what Harriet Tubman thinks of your song lyrics, oh, no. I'm like, you damn I mean, there's something she's extreme she is extreme but she is but she is like that auntie yeah who you know you have some aunties who are there to hug you 
and say you're doing you're doing all right alex it's amazing and you got another auntie that's like get yourself up we haven't got time that you know what i mean and all this stuff so i don't know ayana <laughs> love you but you know your methods you wouldn't have uh, your life I'm, my life <laughs> you wouldn't have come in no we go to licensed professionals out here <laughs> yeah because she's not she's, a not, li- she's not therapist not, she's, a, she's not a therapist she's um she's an ordained european priestess that's her thing she's an she's a she's a qualified lawyer and an ordained european priestess and 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 blessed and highly favored <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like okay that's, that's basically her thing but yeah like if i ever meet her i'm calling her your highness <laughs> because that's all i can muster <laughs> okay getting on to the last question okay okay cool so um you post daily gratitude on instagram yeah which i always read yeah. why do you feel like practicing gratitude is important because it helps with getting closer to joy mm. and i do think that I mean, I have posted on some days where I've been like, you know what, guys, today was rubbish. But here are my gratitudes anyway. Yeah. No, here, are, that's here, here are three, yeah, yeah, <laughs> rather yeah, than the five thing that you, that you would get. Yeah. Um, I think they're important just because it makes you reflect. It, it makes you reflect on the day. I mean, I think one big thing we can take back from this episode is that I reflect a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, it, makes you, it does make you reflect on the day, mm-hmm. on the little moments. And it does help you kind of seek out those moments in a day as well. Mm. So you I'm, can work out how to Yeah, I remember walking through um, a park mm-hmm. once. I think it was Kensington Palace Park or something, or Hyde Park or somewhere. And I was like, these trees look amazing. And I just stopped. And I just touched the tree. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. And I took a picture of the tree. And it was just a tree. <laughs> and I took a picture of like the path. And I started looking at, looking at pictures yeah. and like the sunshine. And obviously you add a few filters just to make it look nice. Yeah. Whatever. And I just thought, and I just thought, yeah, like, I'm so grateful for this space, mm. like this moment. And then that just becomes the background of my gratitude. Because, like, you do have to kind of start taking the, the time to remember that. Mm. Something, but like, something miserable could have you could have got a message thereafter that was that's that that kind of ruined your day mm-hmm. you could have you know what i mean but trying to remember that these are the moments that we kind of you know that did happen in the day we always mm-hmm. forget the good we always forget when somebody says something yeah, good the to hi- us the highlights are always the best yeah though. we always forget that hug we always forget that you know that mm. that, that conversation that empowering one mm. we but we always remember the scolding remark we always remember how you looked at me how you treated me you always remember that tone (laughs) when you came to me with that tone we always remember we always remember that and it's just like we never but we never and it could come from the same person Mm. we never we always remember that so if if you have a parent that's told you off for certain things and you're like well you always told me off for that but you never remember when they said well done done, or they're breaking their neck to give you that gift or Mm -hmm. they they that little bit of tenderness that they t- when they mm-hmm. you know when they're patting you on the shoulder that you never forget that so mm-hmm. I figured that this would be good just to share that you know there are some things that we need to remember in a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. What are you grateful for today? Have you posted already? I haven't posted yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me think about that actually. But I am grateful. There's a there's a beautiful little cafe in King's Cross called Drink Shop Do. I don't know if anybody's been there. I've never I love, been there and I work I, in King's Cross, so I need to... Oh, yeah, it's around the corner. Um, drink yeah, Shop Do. Drink Shop Do. Okay. It's like a very nondescript place and it's, they've got amazing cakes. And, like, 
yeah, just in a, just a lovely, it's just a lovely space. It's so colourful, it's nice and mm-hmm. peaceful. And I always Instagram, like, whenever I'm there, I always mm-hmm. tag them and stuff. Um, I'm just grateful for them because it just, it means it, it means that I'm in a space where I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. It means I'm in a space where the, 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 so the, the staff is amazing. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, it's not a perfect place. Yeah. But it's a place that, it's a place that has its quirks and yeah. you know they have amazing teas and whatnot yeah. so i'm grateful grateful for that i'm grateful for um today just what did i do this morning yeah just being able to um go out and you know experience london in the way that i experience it and just you know not knowing what's going to happen that day i think but that's walking. just really important yeah. what you just said experience london in the way that you experience it yeah. i am not from london and yeah. i am very very clear that people experience the city in, compl- in completely different, different ways, ways. Yeah. yeah i mean even i had to be in leicester square no, regent street from king's cross um and i had to be there at 3 30 got to two o'clock or 2 30 or whenever and i just decided you know what, instead of jumping on the train and bustling and all that stuff, let me just walk. Mm-hmm. And I walked from King's Cross to Regent Street. It's not far. So it is a 40-minute walk. It's mm. not long. But, you know, you see, like, like you see there's all these amazing little coffee shops in the back streets of London. You yeah. see there's, like, amazing little bars you, the, that you, you're turning, you're twisting, and then mm-hmm. you end up at Regent Street, and you're like, huh, oh. that's nice. Yeah, you see yeah. what I mean? I yeah. don't know. I just, I just, I try to, like, make, if I can... If I can try and make some sort of memory or, you know, like mm. if and, you know, walking's good for you guys. Make sure you walk <laughs> as often as you can. I feel like the more of us that walked, mm. the less congested the tube would be. Yeah. And if you just try and get more people walking and if you need to take the train, you just want it to be a peaceful ride, don't you? And like, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm kind of grateful for today. I will think of some more to post up um, tonight. Cool. And to the, we're getting into the last part of the podcast now. Okay. So the... We well at the moment we're kind of like looking at rebranding the like the vulnerable projects that we have. Ooh, okay. Um, and I've sat and I've thought about this for a while, and I've come up with the three things that we talk about the most is vulnerability, um, spirituality, and wellness. Amazing. And so at the end of every podcast, I ask three questions related to those three things. Yeah. And so the first question is super simple: How important has embracing vulnerability been on your journey so far? Super important. 100% I mean I don't think I'd be here if I wasn't a vulnerable yeah. person mm-hmm. um, it doesn't mean you're weak it doesn't mean that you're quote unquote a lesser man mm-hmm. or it doesn't mean you make you a lesser person it just means that you know you can I feel like you can kind of appreciate certain sides of you um, and certain things about you and you can share that mm-hmm. it just means that you're open you're willing to be able to have those conversations it doesn't mean Oh, because they know that I cried at that moment. It means that I've lost face. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah, I cried. I watched The Hate You Give the other day, <laughs> and I cried three times mm-hmm. in there. It's a human reaction. Yeah. It's not, you know, and, I, and I've said this to a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, I cried in that. Yeah. And like, to a lot of very, very different remarks. <laughs> but, you know, I've always it doesn't said make a difference. about, like, especially with, in, with men, mm-hmm. it pertains to men. Um, and the ones I've dated and kind of been around a lot, okay. I've been very mindful. I've, I've, it's been very clear to me that when they haven't let the energy of sadness or anger or whatever leave their body, that it's, it's festers, it stays there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and my thing is, like you say, like you cried three times. That's good. You had three like emotional, gotcha. energetic releases. Yeah. My thing is, what happens when that stays in your body? You don't get to decide how it leaves your body, mm. and it can leave in any way. And this is be like any of my exes that I listen to this because like, yeah, she said that to me. It's very true. You don't get to decide how it leaves your body. I don't. And that's why it's important yeah, that you let I, it out. I don't want my emotions to kill me from the inside. Yeah. I may as well let them just be. And it, and it can. Yeah. What did they say? It's like emotions are energy in motion. It's just like you just. It has to leave. It has to it leave. It has to leave. If you're if you're angry, you need to channel it in a way. That's positive. It's positive, or just out of you. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I tend to write a lot. Mm-hmm. If I get into those spaces, if I'm angry, or you know, I post quotes on my Instagram, I try to articulate the feeling, mm-hmm. and it may, and it's a, a release for me. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent vulnerability is important. Yeah, wellness. What are your wellness practices? Ooh. So, I'm in the, I'm in the process of still searching for a lot of them, to be honest. Um, I could sit here and say, oh, yeah, I meditate each day <laughs> and I do yoga and stuff. I am embarking on going into yoga. Yeah, yeah I'm looking I, into it. I'm trying to meditate. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like, I'm honest with you. I just, I try to, oh, what I've actually tried. I mean, um, therapy. Yeah, 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 therapy is a wellness. Yeah, But I really tried to breathe. So important. Breathing is Can so Can I just cut you one more dope. time? Yeah. I realised last week that when I'm sending emails, I do not breathe. Wow. Yeah. I was like, every time I'm typing, I'm like... Yeah. And then at the end of the email, I breathe, and I did it about three times, and I was like, why the freak? Why are you not breathing? And and your body needs to breathe. Yeah. I understand. And you're probably holding your breath. You're you're (laughs) killing yourself to turn this email, literally. Yeah. Um, There'll be days where I just realise that, because we don't... We take it for granted, you know, that we breathe. Obviously, we're we're walking, we're walking, we're breathing, but Mm -hmm. deep intentional breaths mm-hmm. clear the mind yeah. and actually help you to think about you know if you're really especially when I'm anxious so I have a very anxious moment and I start to like you know start to tap or click or whatever I breathe mm-hmm. just because if a thoughts come to my mind and I start to get a bit worried I breathe mm-hmm. or I focus on a colour and I try to count how many colours I see mm-hmm. of that thing or whatever but breathing breathing is a definite wellness um, tip I would say and yeah just trying to be mindful like try to be in the present if you're in the shower just try to be in the shower <laughs> like don't be don't be out here thinking about what email you've got to yeah. it's hard it's yeah. hard i'm not saying it's going to be easy it's easy for me to, it's not easy for me to do at all it's sometimes practice, i turn the music off i don't sometimes i go into the shower i don't put music on it's just mm-hmm. i'm listening to the water mm-hmm. because it's just so much like it, you have the best shower when you st- when you're just there focusing on the water i'm just like oh my god yeah but when you're, when you're in a space for that, but when you're not, it's just, you know, for me, just breathing, man. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what meditation is anyway, but yeah. Your breathing is important, guys. Amazing. Spirituality. So I believe, um, I believe that gifts are born out of traumatic experiences. I don't feel that people always, like, think that about the things that the bad things that they've been through, the really hard things that they've been through. Mm-hmm. I think they just go through, sometimes people can just go through it and be like, you know, this shit happened to me, mm. I'm so this or whatever. Um, I believe one of the gifts that I have as a result of all the things I've been through is empathy and being able to just, like, real, really listen and, like, feel and see people Yeah. in a way that I don't feel like I was feel, felt or seen when I was going through the stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and that's a gift. Like that yeah. is like literally helped me to do this podcast. It's helping me to communicate. It's like it's a big, it's a big gift. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. what gifts do you think you have as a result of you know your life experiences? Wow. Um, I do think empathy. I think empathy is a, a big one because mm-hmm. I'm so sensitive to the way that emotions are around me. Mm-hmm. This is why when I'm on the tube and people bump into me, mm. I have this huge fear that they're, that they're bumping their energy into me. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a very and I'll be possessed thing. on the tube. Like, ah, you're angry. But um, um, gifts, I just, I don't know. Um, that's something to think on. I remember I had to exercise my, um, no, this is one therapy conversation. Mm-hmm. And my therapist was like, can you name five good things about yourself? And God. I was very, very distraught because mm-hmm. I couldn't think of any. Mm-hmm. And it took me a whole, I'd say two weeks right. to sit down and actually think about what good qualities I had. Mm-hmm. And this was part of the work. The work was for me to build up who I was and what mm-hmm. my internal power mm-hmm. was. When it comes to say, things like this, now I think I might have to go and think about what my gifts are. Mm-hmm. But I think empathy. I think empathy. I do... I have a way of under, trying to understand how people need to be communicated with. And I I do understand a lot of people's not necessarily faults. I do understand their characteristics mm-hmm. a lot. A lot. So you see, like, the whole journey of the person yeah. in a way. Like, I can kind of... I do have a thing when, like, when I see somebody and I see, like, the like, quote-unquote potential in them or mm-hmm. I see the growth in them, I can look at them and be like, yeah, just... I want to help you get to that point. I want to be a part of that to help you get there. Mm-hmm. Or I could see you getting to that point. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be a part of it, but especially with my friends, if I see them and or if, we, or if we're on the journey to becoming friends mm-hmm. and I see them, I'm like, yeah, why don't you try this? Or I think I have a knack just, to, just of like seeing where people go. Yeah. Um, Which is a thing because, you know, people don't tend to see that for themselves all the time. Yeah. So when if you have someone that sees that for you, it can mm-hmm. be quite I, powerful. Yeah, I believe in a lot of people. I believe in a lot of them. I believe that <laughs> I look at people and I'm just like, I I have a strong conviction sometimes uh-huh. in what they're gonna do, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you're gonna, I'm like, you're gonna be great, like, and I just like, and I just really become intrigued in the, on the journey mm-hmm. that they're going to make. So let's say, let's say intuition. Intuition. So intuition that's the intuition. word intuition explain that I proper like couldn't think of the words so I had to go and explain <laughs> like, it is that just intuition yeah like, man hyperbole yeah there we go okay yeah intuition Intu- cool. intuitive and empathetic yeah and that's part of my personality type as well so oh is that like the ENFJ yeah INFJ. I'm ENFP I'm an INFJ okay and I forget what that all means, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last question that I ask everyone, but is probably the easiest one for you to answer, is what books have changed your perspective on life? Don Miguel Ruiz, um, The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic book. I have it. I, I, I have it and I gave it away and I didn't read it, which is weird, but I'm going to buy it again. Get that again. Yeah. Because sometimes I, I do think some books need to be given away to people mm-hmm. because sometimes it's not for you to... You, not at the books time. Aren't, books aren't necessary for you to hold on to like that. Yeah. They are meant to be, you know, passed gifts on. and passed on because you hold it on to a book. Mm-hmm. If you like the lessons you need to learn from it, give it on. Mm-hmm. And you can always buy it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> um, 
that's an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Four agreements center around four principles that you should basically be using in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's be tr- be honest with your word. Um, do your best. Um, don't take things personally. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I've forgotten what the last one is. I have to find it. But essentially, there's a, there's a, that's that book was quite pivotal for me this year. Okay. Just basically, oh, you read that this year. I I read it. I read it towards the end of last year actually. Okay. But then I read it, reread it again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like those four agreements. I've really forgotten what the last one was, but those four agreements were really. Um, really good mm-hmm. really good um, and what's another one um, I did mention this earlier but you know Oprah is what I know for sure mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really caught up with like my idols and their life stories and uh, you know and what they kind of on what they um, what they've kind of been through be because impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. And do your best. And do your best. Yeah. That's the assumptions part is really like Don't make assumptions. Yeah. Um I, I, I that's a tricky one yeah. for a lot of people, I myself included. I have I've made assumptions about people mm-hmm. of or I've said or I've not kind of assessed something in the way that it should be. I've been like, Oh that's gonna be like that mm-hmm. instead of actually going in and interrogating mm-hmm. that. And then just being open to it, being completely different. But yeah, those four agreements are great. And obviously, and then I said, you know, Oprah is what I know for sure. Yep. That's brilliant. Um, so you were saying that you're obsessed with like your idols. And their life stories. stories. Yep. So um, I know why the cage bird sings. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Luther King's A Gift of Love. I've not read that um, one. Okay, so if you're reading that one, it reads like a sermon. Right. Because he's a preacher. Yeah. And he basically takes parts of, he takes little um, passages from the Bible, little like, like quotes from the Bible, mm-hmm. and he like works on them in his, in the chapter. So love thy neighbor, mm-hmm. how to be the, how to be a good neighbor, um, how to have the heart of a dove and the mind of a serpent. So as in as in hard headed, not <laughs> not <laughs> not okay. uh, not like evil, but yeah, like yeah. hard, but have a strong mind yeah. and, a, and a tender heart. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he like he says. You know, those kind of lessons. And he's basically talking about how it kind of, like, leads to love mm-hmm. in the end. I mean, his methods and the the, the story that he's, that he's trying to tell, I mean, it is quite archaic and quite old, but some of the, there are some really little good bits in there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Those are the few that have kind of, like, made me really think okay. in these past few months to a year. Cool, but powerful. Yeah. I'm gonna like note those books. I always have links to the books in the show notes as yep. well for people to um, check if they want to. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much. Like, this has been really. I don't know. Have you enjoyed this? Oh, it's been I've really loved this. amazing. I, I felt like this. yeah, it's been great. Like, it's a great environment. I love it. Um, thank you again for coming down today. Can you let people know where they can find you on social media? Um, yeah, you can find me on. I don't tweet much, but you can find me on at. Alex Reads underscore underscore. Um, visual stuff, you can find me on at Alex Reads underscore underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on a platform called Vero, okay. which is really, really good. I heard so, you this on your podcast, so Vero, okay, so Vero is a really, it's a dope pod, it's a, not a dope pod, it's a dope social media like platform. You 
cultivate a community based on your interests and a lot of the time you know we talk when we're on social media we talk about stuff that that's interesting to us <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's one of those places where you can share films share movies share um, places that you've been mm-hmm. um drop links and all of that stuff mm-hmm. but the way that it's curated is um it's quite different to any other social media platform right. that i've been it on it sounds like instagram and it sounds like Serena husband, Serena Williams' husband's platform. What's that one called? Is it, is it Reddit? Reddit. It yeah. sounds like a community because Reddit's about community. Yeah, yeah. But is it like doing um, like tile form? Yeah, like yeah. Instagram? So it's in tile form. I'll show you after yeah, the podcast. Yeah, sounds interesting. Um, but yeah, so I'm on there, and I, I literally all the books that I, I'm reading or have read, all the music that I'm listening to at the time or what crossed my mind, I share on Vero. Mm-hmm. But it just has the it just has the space to do so, um, and it gives you the space to do so. No no algorithms, so you don't see things. There's yeah. no ads or it doesn't curate all your data. Mm-hmm. It's just just a true social media um, platform. So yeah, I'm on I'm Alex Reads on there. Um, what else? Where am I? Oh, my newsletter. If you want to jump on that, yeah. Um, tinyletter.com forward slash the Alex Reads newsletter and I monthly I do monthly giveaways for books um, and there's a like a short essay from me in there and I'm always like bigging up new things and mm-hmm. things that I've that I've seen in that week articles I want to share and all that stuff in there and obviously on Mostly Lit um, each Monday you're busy at Mostly Lit yeah <laughs> and I still hold down a full time job <laughs> and I still get it puppet I'm joking um <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, but I wouldn't want it any other way, to be honest. I remember I spoke to I spoke to God, the universe, mm-hmm. when I was like twenty three. I was like, I just wanna be busy. I really wanna be busy. Well, I wanna be occupied. Manifest Manifestation's another yeah. gift. Um and I was just like and then I sat I sat down like last week and I was like or oh, a few weeks ago, I was like, Well, I asked for this. <laughs> You're actually busy. I actually asked for this. Um but I'd rather be busy doing things that I enjoy and that I love mm-hmm. and that actually bring value to other people than just being busy for busy sake mm-hmm. um that is actually powerful and that's something i've had to learn actually um in my journey like i've always been a busy person but there was a time when i was just like hold on how am i adding value to my life to other people's life and how much of me being busy is just a distraction for myself there we go <laughs> that was like a very long conversation I mean, I've had a lot of people like I've, I've had a lot of people um and this is just on the end of this mm-hmm. um, you know when you asked about how people reacted to you being vulnerable mm-hmm. and people that I've reached out to be vulnerable to and they've told me that they're busy mm-hmm. that's when I've been like business is a, is a business is a farce it's a, yeah. fa- it's a falsity so you create time for what you want to create you time know for. anybody that anybody who's my friend or is going through something, I will always say, I cannot speak to you. If I'm busy, if I'm genuinely busy or I can't speak, I'll say, I cannot speak to you now, but I will be, I will be free in one hour. Yeah. And I will either be on the phone f- for you, I'll be messaging for you, I'll or I will come meet you. Those are my things. I will set a time to be able to talk to you or whatever, or whatever you need at that space. If I've said, but, you know, for me, when that happened to me, it's like, oh, I'm busy, I can't speak about this. Yeah. Because... The shutdown was real. The shutdown was real. I feel like we need to do a workshop on friendship (laughs) and how to be a good friend. Because that'll be actually that'll be amazing. What you've just described, that's 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 a given for you. I think people would like to be better friends to people. Yeah. And I think people would like to have better friends. 
So, like, we're obviously going to, like, brainstorm this right now at the very end of the podcast. Yeah. So, like, a, a workshop on, like, um, on friendship, how to be a better friend, mm. and then manifestation, how to manifest friends. There we go. <laughs> there we go. It's like a whole session. Yeah, but, um, that would be, yeah. Yeah, like, who's doing that? But anyways... <laughs> Thank you again, literally from the bottom of my heart. This has been amazing. No I am problem. so excited for this whole season. Like, like this is, like, I'm just so excited. We've been, we interviewed some amazing people. We've got some amazing, like, this week, I'm literally podcasting every day. Okay, I've <laughs> I been there. I refreshed that calendarly link, and I sent it out, and people just booked it off. I was yeah. like, what the hell? I've been there. I know exactly <laughs> where you're at. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for men, being able to hear men like yourself talk about these things, and that's what I wanted to do I wanted to create the space for men to hear other men speak um, and so yeah just thank you and thank you and thank you again no thank you <laughs>